This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. November continues to be the deadliest month on the roads for pedestrians. Two people have died after they were struck by vehicles last night in separate incidents in Mississauga and Brampton. In Mississauga, a 41-year-old man was struck while crossing mid-block at about 9 o'clock in the Dixie Road and Bloor Street area. The second fatality in Brampton happened about a half an hour later in the Queen Street West and Mississauga Road area as a man in his 20s was crossing at mid-block. Peel police haven't said yet if charges will be laid. And, of course, earlier this month, Toronto police launched a campaign called Step Up and Be Safe. And, of course, there is the Vision Zero Zero Road Safety Plan, uh, and the aim is to have no traffic fatalities. So is it working, or what needs to happen before it can work? Um, I am really tired of these horrible stories. The numbers to call if you have some thoughts on pedestrian safety, because, of course, Zoomers are usually the likeliest to get killed in these kinds of incidents. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, let's go to Councillor Kristen Wong-Tam from Ward 27, Toronto Centre, Rosedale, and Maureen Coyle of Walk Toronto. Ladies, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much for having us. Yes, thank you. Um, So, both these incidents last night uh, happened in mid-block. Uh, do you see that as a general big problem, something that, that is really uh, something that we have to solve? Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that uh, we, we have to be careful about, about using that term crossing mid-block because there is a, a culturally set assumption that mid-block crossing is a crime, and in fact it's not. The crime that we refer to quite erroneously as jaywalking is something that happens near a marked intersection, near a marked safe crossing place where the pedestrian chooses not to use the safe crossing. uh, Mid-block crossings are necessary, particularly in uh, the suburban areas of the city and the outlying areas of the city because of the, very frequently, there's a very long distance between safe crossing zones. So let's talk about that one. The, The second thing is, the two areas that we've seen a dramatic increase in fatalities is in uh, when pedestrians are crossing with the lights at intersections and where cars are breaching the sidewalk and coming up onto the sidewalk and killing pedestrians on the, who are safely walking on the sidewalk. So that's, I think, where we need to focus our attention when we, when we start talking about uh, a vision zero kind of approach. Um, so uh, I'm I'm assuming that what you're talking about is is changing the design. So perhaps there is not so long between safe crossing. That that's certainly one uh, of the strategies that are employed very explicitly in a in a Vision Zero 
approach that was that was developed and designed and implemented successfully in Sweden. Yes. It's Kristen speaking. Um, so that is certainly one of the, the components. Um, it, what we have to do is sort of think about how we're building out our cities. And cities uh, traditionally have been built to facilitate uh, for the speed, uh, uh, speedy travel of vehicles. And as uh, cities and, and, and urban environments uh, intensify with more and more residents, uh, we know that we need to get people uh, from A to B as, uh, as, as they need to travel. So we have to sort of shift our thinking and, and the paradigm shift includes a lot of the reconfiguring of, uh, of the streets. So we actually prioritize people safety, pedestrian cycling safety uh, first and foremost, because if a, if, a, if a car does strike a pedestrian, yeah. uh, the chances are that pedestrian is, uh, is, is, is then dead. So it is it has a lot to do with the, the fact that we have traditionally designed cities, not for people's safety, but for, for, uh, for vehicular movement. So that's what Vision Zero is also speaking to. And um, and it requires political will, it requires money, um, it requires a, a, a good um, uh, determined analysis to make sure that things can, can move uh, and get done a lot faster. Um, and that may mean that we, we put in more uh, safer crossing areas uh, in shorter blocks. We don't build them so long anymore. We have to reduce the speeds along major corridors, residential roads, and school zones. We have to increase pedestrian walking times at all intersections. Uh, we need to install uh, probably more red light cameras at uh, particular locations, uh, and we need to conduct more uh, road safety audits. So it's a combination of all those things. And for your listeners, uh, the Zoomer population, uh, I think that they can probably all be nodding and agree, agreeing that uh, many of these uh, these road uh, gestures and and adjustments will certainly help them uh, get get across the city a lot more safely. Okay, hang on, ladies. Let's take a call from uh, Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. I couldn't agree more with your uh, with your uh, commenter there. Um, uh, to my mind, it's aggressive driving. We've got a crosswalk in our neighborhood. We're continually people. Two years ago, a woman killed. I've been almost hit there three times. I've asked Metro Police to come in and put up radar, and they always pay lip service and never do anything, if I can even get a response. Mm. Janet Davis, the counselor, I've asked her. They're doing nothing. And it's the aggressive driving that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, I, people always complain. I mean, we know that the police, can, they can't be everywhere, and, and uh, they never seem to be at the places where where uh, people are behaving the worst. Mm-hmm. Well, kind why of, put speed bumps in? Why don't they put photo radar in at these sensitive places? This is in front of a big park. Right. Now, and so I, I, they're continually speeding there. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Bill. I'm going to let them uh, respond. Thanks very much for your call. Yeah, I mean, I think what Bill's observations are is is, uh, is also coming with a level of frustration. The the current road uh, warrants that the City of Toronto uses is actually a provincial-wide uh, warrant system. So therefore, they take a look and study the, uh, the the vehicle movement of the roads and to see if it actually you know gets the cars to where they need to go. Uh, and I think that in the urbanized environments, and especially even in, in East York, uh, where you do have these long stretches, um, I think we need to sort of rethink about what, what an urban condition road warrants uh, need to look like. And that is something that the transportation staff are looking at. Uh, they have been instructed by city council to come up with a, a second set of warrants. So it's not necessarily using the provincial one-size-fits-all uh, in, in an urban Toronto environment, uh, which is coming. And I think that if we are able to sort of get to more localized uh, sort of Toronto-specific uh, road warrants on how they measure uh, impact and travel movement on the on the city streets, uh, we're going to get some different answers. And often 
oftentimes residents are frustrated because they're asking their counselors, they're asking traffic operations staff, can you make it safer? And everyone's relying on the provincial warrants, which we know uh, are not working for Toronto right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting, you know, at the beginning of the conversation, Maureen was saying, you know, mid-block crossing isn't a crime, but um, you know, I'm, does it matter if it's a crime or not if people are, this is what's killing people? Not when it comes to the uh, Vision Zero road program. It's actually to design out in the structure and the physical built form environment to design out any type of, uh, of, of potential uh, incidents and, and road violence. So therefore, the system uh, responds even if there is uh, people error, let's say. Um, and, and so that means it's a, it's a, it's, that's what I was talking about, the big paradigm shift. Um, so it, it should not even matter if you are crossing mid-block. It shouldn't matter if, uh, if, uh, if you have someone who's, who's taking uh, an extra amount of time to cross the street because they may have mobility um, uh, challenges. Um, the, the, system, the road system should be able to slow the cars down. So if there is uh, contact between vehicles and, and people, uh, the cars are moving at a pace that will not cause uh, pedestrian uh, fatalities. Right. right, but in the in the meantime, it's going to take a while to get there. Yes, it, it does. You're right. And um, so in the meantime, how do we reduce this in the meantime? Well, we reduce this. The, the first action that has to, that has to be uh, inculcated is, is the drop in driving speed. Yes. Driving speeds, especially in the outer areas and the, and the suburban areas of the city, are much too high. We know what happens to the human body when a vehicle is moving at a, at a at particular rate. There is, and one of the reasons that the older populations are, are overrepresented among our fatalities and serious injuries is that that the higher the vehicle uh, driving speed, the more like the less likely a, a human body can survive the impact. And of course, those uh, calculations are designed for a 30-year-old male body, like a lot of our, our, our institutional benchmarks, uh, which means that older bodies and very, very young bodies are far more vulnerable. So when we talk about, uh, you know, an impact at 30 kilometers an hour, which has the... Uh, um, the greatest uh, survival rate of the lower range of speeds. Uh, at 40 kilometers an hour, you have a less than 50% chance of withstanding the impact. At 30 kilometers an hour, a 30-year-old man has a much higher likelihood of survival. That goes up to almost three quarters, so 75% chance of survival. But an older body doesn't. So we oh. have to... We have to think about that that driving speed, and that's one of the most critical elements of the entire Vision Zero package. Okay, let's uh, take a call from Donna, last call. Hello, Donna. Yeah, hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. You're on the air. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, they're putting responsibility on, uh, we're blaming, you know, like uh, the speed or this or that. But what about the people who are giving out the licenses, right? How responsible are they? Who are the people that are giving out the licenses? Are they looking into that? I mean, even yesterday on my way to the library at College and Shaw, it says right there. And the woman, and it wasn't just me, it was me and another person. And then when I finally crossed, I said to the person, did you see that car just go through a red light? He almost killed us.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that's so. Uh, so who is dishing out the licenses? Yeah, I don't think they and drive how like are they that. Dishing them out. I got to look into that. They thank gotta you. Got to look into that. Okay, that's what's happening too. Thanks. Um, yeah, I don't think people drive like that when they get their licenses. Um, uh, we have to uh, wrap things up here just very quickly, uh, ladies. Uh, what would you like to leave us with? Um, I, I would, I would largely say, you know, when it comes to you know drivers, we all have a responsibility to share the road. I think it's absolutely critical that uh, drivers are driving defensively, and that means that we're always on, uh, you know, on high alert when we're looking for people who are vulnerable road users, pedestrians, and and cyclists. And uh, and I would agree that uh, you know if if we don't have the money to do everything at once, and we and then we it does take time to reconfigure roads. Um, you know, I actually full, wholeheartedly agree with what Maureen said from Walk Toronto is the first thing we do is just drop speeds. And if we are able to drop speeds, and that's something that we can do with the stroke of a pen, it's, it's, a, it's a bylaw change, um, we will go a lot further in, in, uh, in making sure that people can arrive to their families uh, safe at, at, at uh, nighttime. Okay, ladies, thank you very much for that, and I sincerely hope that we don't have to have this conversation because of another uh, tragedy. Okay. Thanks well, thank very much. For, thank, thank you for you. highlighting the issue. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.